Bengals fans, this is not a dream. We are going to Orlando. Brown. As our left tackle of the future. And present. And hopefully forever. And the best thing is, we didn't even have to back up the Brinks truck to get him. It will come with a cost, as Jonah Williams has asked for a trade in response. So stick around and we'll see what else is going on with the Bengals and in the NFL. My name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. And you can find this Sports Ethos page at at Ethos Bengals. Like I said, I am part of the Sports Ethos Network, which is rapidly growing. And we are always looking for someone to come uh, cover a team. Well, let's get right into it. Because this was something I did not expect happening. I was actually at work. I had just gotten done and I was... I bartend. I was just sitting there having a beverage and a and a burger, and I saw from across the room that there was a a Bengals news flashing down there. And honestly, I had thought they were going to release Joe Mixon, and I got all giddy about it. But then once I uh, saw what happened, I was even more excited, and I I thought all of the offensive line issues were done. That that we you know. But then, of course, uh, something happened another after that, and that's uh, Jonah Williams requesting a trade like two or three hours afterwards. It's crazy. Uh, I guess he does not want to play right tackle. But, you know, either way, he was going to get paid $12 million. I guess maybe he thinks that the Bengals weren't going to extend him after the season, and maybe he wants to go find a team that will be willing to do that. Is there? I don't know. Uh, Jonah hasn't been the best, but we can talk about him in a little bit. First, I want to get back to Orlando. First off, he's only 26, and he's been a pro bowler the past four straight years, uh, meaning he has been uh, very good. He also seems to recognize very good quarterback talent, as he has played for uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, which are actually two very different quarterbacks than uh, Burrow. Burrow's going to have that quick, quick release, though, which is awesome. And actually, he's been the best quarterback in a clean pocket since 2020. He's also taken the most sacks since that time. So it's, uh, he's, he's like me. We're, we're both men of extremes. And by extremes, I mean extremely pressured because uh, he's sacked on almost one out of every three dropbacks, which is, in my mind, just crazy. That cannot happen. The fact that he's taken them to two straight AFC Championship games is beyond me. Like, just uh, what's going to happen when he does have a, a clean pocket more than not, and like he doesn't get hurt, and he actually has an off season where he doesn't have an appendectomy or a major knee surgery or COVID, where he has to uh, learn the playbook virtually and 
basically become the leader of the rock room, locker room over a Zoom conference. Uh, let's look at Orlando's contract, which, like I alluded to earlier, they didn't have to bring in the Brinks truck. This is a really good deal for the Bengals. Four-year, $64 million. Uh, $31 million signing bonus is actually the highest ever to an offensive lineman, so that's probably how they were able to, to finagle that deal because looking at the other tackles that signed this offseason, Mike McGlinchey and Jawan Taylor, they got paid more. And they definitely do not have the resume that Orlando Brown does. I mean, Taylor's a, a good young young tackle, but like I said, he, he doesn't have the chops to prove it yet. Orlando's contract, actually his uh, average annual pay is 10th among tackles, which, like I keep saying, he's really good. And that's kind of a bargain deal. And actually, the contract was the same amount that Jesse Bates signed. So if you're telling me you're going to give me Jesse Bates for uh, Orlando Brown, I'm uh, I'm going to take that every day, even if I have to give him that signing bonus. But Bengals, they had a lot. They were fourth. They had the fourth most coming into it. And, you know, this kind of helps them not have to worry about the left tackle position for a very long time. Now, right tackle, that's up for debate because Jonah asked for that trade. But uh, let's look at a couple. Uh, I want to kind of compare those two real fast. Uh, Orlando has never had a PFF pass blocking grade less than 74. And uh, last year he was graded at around 77. Jonah, 63. That's a major improvement. And here's a little tidbit about Orlando. He's only given up four sacks across 900 snaps. That's elite. I get, he's, he's a huge man. He's like 6'8", 340. And you know what? Let's uh, let's draft the kid from Ohio State now. The other 6'8", 350. Two giant bookends on that offensive line. And then let's snag that tight end from Georgia, who, uh, who's 6'7", 260. So let's just go out there and be the biggest, meanest boys. And uh, I want I want to... Like uh, like Dan Campbell from the Lions said, I want I want some kneecaps being bit. So what can the Bengals get for Jonah Williams? Uh, like I said, he's still in the books for 12 million, and I don't know if a team is going to want to trade for him for a one-year rental. As in, they're going to need to extend him as well. I don't quite know what compensation they can get. I've heard rumors maybe a third. Uh, I listened to the draft dudes uh, from Locked On now. One had a fourth round pick. One had a fifth round with like... Or two fifth rounds that could become thirds with... Play requirements. It's just kind of tough. Because that's a big... 12 million is a big number. Maybe some team will want to swap him for maybe like a running back or a tight end. Maybe someone needs to cut... They've got a big salary cap issue with the offensive line. Maybe we get a right tackle that way. I don't know. Something that popped in my head the other day was a trade with the Patriots for Hunter Henry after they just signed Mike Gusecki. Henry's not a great blocker, but he'd give us a dynamic receiving option. Decent run after the catch guy, but that's a speculation. So, I was really hoping that he was going to either go to left guard or right tackle, because that really would have shored up a huge need. 
But uh, I guess they did make another move on the offensive line. They signed... Uh, he's, he's a versatile player, Cody Ford from Arizona. Uh, where he played 11 games with them last year. He was they, There was a midseason trade from Buffalo. Uh, he coincidentally played both left guard and right tackle. So he's definitely going to be in competition for either spot there. I mean, Volson did play pretty decent for a fifth-round rookie, but I don't know if he's entrenched there. And with Leo Collins being hurt, who knows if he's going to be ready. The Bengals can also save $6 million if they designate him as a post-June cut. So, I don't know. There's a lot that they can do within that offensive line. I mean, at least they got three spots secure with Brown, Karras, and Kappa. But Volson's probably safe. I don't think they're going to put a lot of investment into the guard. But anyways, back to Cody. There's talks of him and Jackson Carmen battling out for the right tackle spot. I mean, Carmen looked good at left. Or, not good, I should say. He looked decent at left. But, yeah, I mean, maybe they hold down the fort until Lael's back. And then maybe Lael comes back healthy and Cody Ford have been playing well. Stick him at left guard. So, the, uh, they are making moves on the offensive line. People cannot complain about this this offseason. And they're also bringing back guard Max Sharping, who... Actually played a lot of snaps in the playoffs when the Bengals lost the three starters. And he held his own uh, until he played Chris Jones. The Chiefs kind of got the better of him, but it's kind of uh, kind of expected. Moving on from the offensive line, they uh, re-signed Trent Taylor for a one-year contract. Uh, mainly playing punt returner for the Bengals. He's only had eight catches the past two years. He must be a good locker room guy. I think, you know, fans like him a lot. He's he's a fun little special teams guy to have. Uh, on the defensive side, Nick Scott is now a Cincinnati Bengal. He was a 17-game starter for the Rams. Uh, so another little Ram pipeline was Zach. He uh, primarily had played special teams before that, but then really took a step up last year. Uh, people saying... Replacement for Von Bell. I've also heard that he's good at covering the deep part of the field, which wasn't Bell's specialty, so uh, getting kind of mixed signals on that one, but he's also a good tackler. I think he also ran a 4-4-5, four, 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 so that's kind of staying in touch with what I've been alluding to uh, this whole offseason with the Bengals, kind of going for more athletic, fast secondary, so they don't get beat deep by Marquez Veldes-Scantling. Uh, Nick signed a three-year, $12 million contract, whereas uh, Von Bell had signed that three-year, $25 million, so they did save quite a bit of money and got younger. Uh, he's 27, so his contract will expire by the time he hits 30, which is kind of what the Bengals seem to gravitate towards. Uh, and it's been said that Lou Anaruma was a big factor in his uh, decision-making, uh, the, as well as, uh, you know, the Bron Broncos were interested too, so it's nice to see that Lou's got that pull around here. Probably be his last season as a defensive coordinator if he keeps doing so well. Just looking uh, to the real-life eyes. Yeah, the Bengals also hosted safety Taylor Rapp, who Nick Scott played with. And that kind of makes me think, is Tyson Anderson not ready? 
I do understand he got hurt. But the Bengals moved up last year in the draft to get him. And I really wanted to see some of that speed. But maybe uh, he's just more of a special teams guy right now. Someone else that was hosted is uh, tight end Foster Moreau, who actually played with Burrow back at LSU. I think he'd be a good addition to this team. He's, a, he's an athletic guy. He can block. He's only 25 years old. And uh, I heard a stat that he's in the 98th percentile with uh, running after the catch, which is what the Bengals need out of the tight end position. They don't really need a slot, like, stretch streamer guy. They need a guy that can get the ball fast and make something happen. That's where Hayden was at his best last season, always getting those crucial third downs and uh, the, the big plays down the stretch. Although Foster does also have a visit with the Saints, where, understandable, that's where he went. He played college, so it seems like it's a decision between playing with his former college quarterback or playing where he went. Uh, but it's a tough one. I hope he signs. Otherwise, uh, Bengals' tight end depth chart is looking really bleak. They still only just have Devin Asiasi, and I'm not comfortable with that going into the season. And that being said, like, the tight end market is just dwindling at this point. A couple big names have been taken off the board the past couple days. Dalton Schultz went to Houston. They've actually made a couple big moves. They signed Schultz and Devin Singletary who I was kind of hoping would be a Joe Mixon replacement. I'll talk a little bit about him in a little bit. Mike Gusecki, he was a, probably the number two tight end in free agency. He's going to the Patriots. I don't know what they're doing. They they trade away Jonu Smith for a seventh-round pick, and then they go spend $9 million on Gusecki. It's the same contract Dalton Schultz got from Houston. So I guess I can understand why Cincinnati didn't want to get them. That's a little pricey. Robert Tunyon, former Packer, goes to the Bears. Uh, they're pairing him with Cole Komet. Chicago, I think Chicago's going to be a sneaky, fun team if Fields uh, can take another step. Uh, someone I, I have always kind of liked was uh, Donald Parham with the Chargers. He was a former XFL guy. He's he's very tall. He's 6'8". That's why I've always liked him. I've Always had an affinity for the tall people. He's sort of, he's hasn't really panned out, but he's made some big plays. He'd be he's a beast in the red zone. That's all really I could see Cincinnati doing. And then uh, the Raiders are in the tight end market. They signed O.J. Howard already. Surprised uh, he's still kind of lumbering around. He was a, he kind of failed out with Buffalo and Houston last season. And then Austin Hooper's also visiting the Raiders. Don't really quite know what they're doing after they traded away Waller to the Giants. And the fact that the Bengals haven't made really any news except hosting Foster Moreau for the tight end position just really makes me think that they're going to draft one early. Either first or second round it has to be. I don't know if there's going to be any in the third round. If Sam Laporta from Iowa can last that long, that would be great. But I'm not going to count on that. At this point, I think it might be Michael Mayer at 28. I'd also want to mind Darnell Washington because he's just so big. I want him as that sixth offensive lineman. 
but another position that they uh, haven't really done anything with is except for lose is running back. I mean, I guess we've resigned Trevian Williams, but Lasamage to Denver and running backs for now they're starting to go like hotcakes too. It was a pretty pretty uh, slow market for them in the beginning. But like I said, Singletary went to Houston. They were making moves. Damian Harris, who a lot of Bengals fans wanted to come be the plotter, kind of pass-protect guy, he's gone. He's going to Buffalo. He's going to be their cold-weather bruiser back. Deontay Foreman to Chicago. I think that was a one-year, $3 million deal. Would have liked that one. Miles Sanders is going to Carolina. They're viewing him as a three-down back. They're probably going to lean on him a lot for who I think is going to be C.J. Stroud. I don't think the Bengals would have paid up for him. Uh, Chase Edmonds got a cheap deal to go to the Buccaneers. I kind of like Chase. He could. I think he would have been kind of fun. As a change, I w he probably would have been good if they would have kept Samaje. And then Jamal or James Robinson went to the Patriots. I've always liked James, as, especially as an undrafted free agent. He's always produced. He got a little hurt last year, but, man, I thought he would have been fun in the stripes. And then I I almost said his name just a minute ago. Jamal Williams, who uh, there was a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke about Jamal coming to Cincinnati. Uh, that quickly faded away because he got a three-year, $21 million deal with the Saints. He's going to go pair with Alvin Kamara. Uh, I'm sure him and Jamal would be quite the, the tandem, quite the group in the locker room, too. I think there's a, there's a chipmunk joke in there somewhere. But really what this all makes me think is that freaking Mixon's going to be back, and I can't stand it. I thought I was, an, I thought I was having a bad nightmare that he was still on the team every, every morning. I wake up thinking, oh, the nightmare's over, Mixon's gone, but nope, he's still here. I understand they can cut him later, but gosh, I've... I wish we had a little more clarity on that situation. Because the, like, the free agents, maybe Jarek McKinnon, he can come... Actually, I like him a lot. He won me a fantasy championship. Thanks, buddy. He, he's a good pass specialist. He can block for despite his small size. And then people keep saying Ezekiel Elliott, and I really hope not. Unless it's like a one-year, $2 million deal, which I don't see happening. But... Like, in regards to Mixon again, here's a stat. No Super Bowl winning team has paid their leading running back more than $3 million since 2009. And you know who the most was? It was Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin was the Seahawks' leading rusher in that game, and he made, I think, like $2 million. So I don't know, guys. At this point, they... They're going to have to address both positions in the draft, which is fun. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm going to be able to watch that. But let's look at some mock drafts that have come out the past day or so. Let's see, I've got a, I've got one. I've got Daniel Jeremiah, who I really like. I think he's a very good mind. I think he'll end up in the front office someday. He's uh, He's got him taking Darnell Wright, the tackler from Tennessee. Uh, th four? Nope, three people have him selecting the tight end. Darnell Washington from Georgia, the Giant. Uh, we got Mel Kuyper, Sports Illustrated, and PFF all mocking Darnell to the Bengals. Ooh, maybe there's some smoke there. I like that one. Those guys are pretty in touch. So I wonder if they heard something at the Combine. 
uh, Walter football. He's kind of more of a independent guy that I've always kind of tracked. I think since I was in like high school, I remember doing that. They've got him going Dalton Kincaid. I don't know about that one. He's not a very good fit with them, and I also think he goes before 28. And then CBS Sports has a cornerback from Georgia. Uh, probably say his name wrong. Kayle Ringo. I wouldn't mind them going cornerback in the first if there's a really good prospect like Joey Porter Jr. with his freakishly long arms. He'd be fun to pair with Cheeto and Mike Hilton, and then they could even re-sign Apple for a one-year... One and a half million dollar deal to be the fourth. I'd be okay with that. But at this point, who knows? Every day I wait for something to happen, and it just seems like it's not coming. But that said, the Orlando Brown signing really uh, threw me off, and yeah, I, I can't complain about what the Bengals have done this offseason so far. But that's going to do it today, guys. Uh, I appreciate you listening to me, like always. If you could give me those follows, those subscriptions, five-star me, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Uh, always a pleasure bringing uh, some Bengals news to you. With that said, good day and have a good day.